Welcome to another special episode of the Dream Create Enjoy podcast. This is another episode where we're going to be interviewing someone, this time actually in the Boston metro area, really about what's going on in our country right now and talking about racial tension, about reconciliation. And this is a unique interview because we're actually going to be interviewing a friend of ours who's connected to Renaissance, Levinsky Jasmine who is a first-generation immigrant from Haiti, about his experience moving to this country, and also um, just a little bit about what it means to stand for change in our area, in our part of the city. In fact, what's really interesting is you're going to hear from Levinsky is he, with his son, decided to stand on a corner with a sign saying Black Lives Matter, and in the matter of a few short days, nearly a thousand people would end up joining them. And it's opened all kinds of opportunities for God to use him uh, to speak into the beautiful diversity and the unity that we need in our time. So I felt like Levinsky was a perfect person to continue this conversation. And I think you're going to be blessed by listening to what he has to say. So please sit back and enjoy this special bonus episode. Well, hello, Renaissance family. I want to welcome you in to one of uh, part of a conversation that's going to be ongoing. Uh, as we promised, we didn't want to just react um, to what's going on um, in the midst of a lot of uh, racial tension in our country, as I think we're starting to look at uh, systemic racism and injustice that exists in our country, uh, but that we wanted to continue to respond and do so thoughtfully. And so we are going to have kind of an ongoing conversation and several different videos that we're shooting um, in the midst of this, uh, just to continue to educate ourselves, to open this conversation. Um, and I don't think this is just going to be a several week thing. I think this is going to be an ongoing thing that we're going to continue to do. Uh, but I'm excited to have uh, my buddy Levinsky be a part of that conversation. And uh, Levinsky and I, uh, when I first got on the ground, he was one of the very first people I met with. We have a lot of mutual connections and we actually went to the same school, um, same college, didn't, not at the same time, but because of that had some mutual connections. I knew he was in the area and kind of a, built a friendship from there. And so I wanted him to speak into some of this. He's an extension of Renaissance and doing some just great things um, uh, in his day-to-day -day life to, to be Jesus. Uh, and we're going to get to some really cool ways that he is uh, kind of on the front lines in his area of the city, um, helping bring some um, prominence to this conversation. Um, but I wanted to interview him, as you're going to hear, uh, as a man who moved from Haiti, um, as a black man who's made, moved from Haiti and had some, I think, some interesting perspectives as someone stepping into, in, into America. But before all that, uh, Levinsky, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Uh, you're going to do a much better version telling your story than I can. So why don't you just tell a couple of minute version of who you are, your family, um, and what's, what's brought you into the Boston area so people, people know a little bit more about you. Hi, Jude. Thank you for inviting me to, the, to that today. And uh, um, I want to say hi to the Renaissance family as well. And thank you for the amazing work that you're doing in Boston. It's, uh, I know it's not easy, especially in this moment, but you, are, you are doing a, an amazing work for the Lord. Um, I, I I commend you for that. So, yeah, I am from originally from Haiti. Um, you know, grew up in Haiti. Um, you know, if you have any idea about Haiti, it's a black uh, country. Uh, we are from originally like we are descended of African. So, 
uh, you can imagine how you will raise without any idea of racism and stuff like that or experience it yourself. Um, yeah, I I was born in Haiti and then I uh, my dad came here about like uh, in 1992, 1992. So it's been a while. And then, so the family was was back in Haiti waiting for my dad to have his uh, legal paper papers and then to help us to come to the United States. You know, how it's everywhere in the world we are waiting to come to the uh, land of the free. We are waiting to come to experience a new life and um, uh, to experience the American dream. Um, the American dream. So it was really awesome for us waiting back there, but have the support of um, my dad financially. So my mom raised four boys by herself. So I can I, I don't know how she managed to do to do it. I have only one son. I it's a lot of work to do, but to have four boys, it's yeah, it's amazing. Um, she's a she's a tough woman, um, a woman of God, and um, always uh, you know teaching us about you know the gospel, how to live, how to be a good citizen. And um, now I I'm not just a citizen of Haiti. I'm a citizen of America. I'm a citizen of the world. So that's how my mom raised us to to partake in you know activities in your country and help people live a better life. So after we get the, the chance to, 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 to move to America, you know, um, there are things that I did not expect. So, um, you know, maybe you're gonna ask question about it. I don't wanna uh, go into it right now, but let me still talk more about my family. I have a, a beautiful wife, uh, Sophia and them, I have a, a son, Jeremiah. He's amazing. Someone that everybody would want to meet. And, uh, you know, he's amazing. He has a YouTube channel that he he named it himself. He asked his mom to create it for him. For him. So he's amazing. Yeah. Um, here in the U.S., I have four brothers. Uh, I mean, it's four, uh, four of us, but I have three other brothers. And then we are all married, Christian. And you know, uh, you know, living the life in America. So we're trying to, you know, uh, work with the community where we live, with the Christian community. And as um, you mentioned, I studied um, um, theology at PC Cincinnati Christian University. It was nice when I knew that um, back then I was still in Cincinnati. I knew that the uh, Jew was going to come to Massachusetts. And then when I knew that, I said, well, that's going to be a good thing for us to work together because our dream is to go back to Massachusetts. And, uh, you know, things then we got connected and here we go. We are working together. <laughs> yeah. the real God. Yes, it is. It is awesome to work with you. And going back to what you said, Jeremiah is one of the coolest kids I've ever met. When your wife posts his YouTube videos, that is like must watch TV. Like, so yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to like post a link to his, his YouTube channel. So all of our folks yeah. can go watch him. 
I swear he's going to be a celebrity someday. So I know he is already <laughs> a celebrity in the U.S. Like a lot of people are watching his video. They love him. You know, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's great. Well, you kind of alluded to it. Uh, so yeah, why don't you walk, walk that out a little bit further? You talked about uh, the impression of what you thought you were coming to in the United States uh, the land of the free, I think, is what you called it, uh, which, I mean, we, we kind of like to say is kind of our slogan. And yet, um, you know, I, I think, again, getting to the conversation as a black man stepping into our country, what has been your experience? What, is, what has it been like coming from a place like Haiti and stepping into, you know, we're, we're talking a lot about this 400-year history that's been going on and this ongoing story um, what has it been like stepping into the midst of that story and the midst of that history? Um, and Haiti, we had, or at least I have, I had the, the opportunity to study the history of Haiti, which is the history of Black people and the history of African people and history of, you know, Black people in America, uh, Black people in the Caribbean. So at least I know, uh, like, the origin of those people and how you know, we were transported to, you know, a, like a big uh, boat to come to those lands. So, and then the development of how, like Haitians, we got our independence from the colonized uh, 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 people. So it's, uh, at least, as I said, I had, I had the training. I understand history, but I'm telling you, like, um, it wasn't what I expected when I moved to America, because America is the you know the first power, uh, powerful country in the world, and then you will uh, you expect that okay, I, I I kind of imagine that in Haiti my right may not be respected, but in in America, so you know it's a, so the focus on the on the constitutional right of everybody. So as a black person, I know, okay, if this is where they focus on, so I'm gonna be part of it. So my right will be respected. But when I, when I came to America, it was something completely different. It's like, um, uh, it's like they, they divide uh, America into two groups, the, the white people, and the black and brown people. So even even probably uh, when you apply for a job, and I, I thought about that for a while, when you apply for a job, you see that um, they ask you, okay, what color are you? And then that alone, like already give you, uh, tell them, okay, this person is a white, this person is black, so I'm probably gonna choose this person. So because of your color, you have the priority alone. So um, coming to America, I, um, I, as I said, I expected to be loved. I expected to be embraced by all group of people, but like um, it was completely different. Um, my, my experience is um, not different than any other black people who have been living for maybe 40, 20 years in America when I came here. I have been stopped by, by police and who talked to me very rude, rudely. And then, so I have experienced things where I'm driving 
and then you know somebody will yell at you go back to your country i've experienced things like that in america and um but as i said it's a shock for me because i did not expect it i um and especially from um most of my friends are white most of my friends even on my facebook page most of my friends are white um so i thought okay this is a group of friends i have maybe the way they treat me this is the way the population will treat me it was it wasn't the case um you know it's hard in in a history where it's been like 400 years it's been like that like the system was set to treat black people the way they are treating today it's not uh, it's not that like one person we are not going to accuse one person and then what they do to keep that system the way it is is that you will see in the white communities and a white towns they don't have black um, histories books on their shelves because they want to keep um, the white people uninformed so they don't know what's going on with and the black communities um what again what they do is that they um, do um gentrification they took black people away from some towns because they are unable to afford to live on the town so they have to go like somewhere else or somewhere they can afford to live and those towns are very you know um uh it's very hard to live there mm. because there's no good schools no good education no good jobs so what they left what they are left with is to do illegal activities this is where they can get you know money and also do drugs and this is really like the system is creates those people and 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 to to do illegal activities and what they do they send uh, um officers or police in in those areas so more black people are going to jail because they you know they've been involved in illegal activities and um and stuff like that so it's uh, it becomes really hard and the fight is not easy because of that and and then as i mentioned they wanted to keep um the white people uninformed so they don't revolt and i trust i trust that when i say that and you can see what's going on in the, in the street right now maybe we, i'm going to let you have the time to to ask question if you have about that but they want to keep them uninformed so they don't revolt against the injustice um that's going on in the in the country for 400 years and they know that that was coming and this is the moment that we're living now um yeah so it's hard it's hard to see that i am in a country where what i thought back then is not what i'm experiencing now mm-hmm. it's bad uh, for what i expected for not only myself for my son or for, for my family so um yeah uh, i'm going to let you ask question about it maybe maybe i if you have question or otherwise i'm going to keep talking <laughs> no well i mean i love what you're saying and it sounds like yeah i think 
you know, I think everything you're saying, even for me, the you know, um, it's a constant learning um, experience that it is true. You know, my, my wife and I, my wife was a high school educator and we were just talking about uh, recently that, you know, our literature, our history is, is very, is void of uh, black voices by and large. And we tell, I think that's what you're alluding to. We tell a very white version of history. Um, you know, at times, you know, we talk about the Emancipation Proclamation and then, you know, it's just kind of like, oh, they were freed. And we don't really spend much time talking about reconstruction and how laws and what you were getting at urbanism um, and some of the ways that we, we um, you know, home ownership and, you know, the education system and, and our, the way our cities were built is, is really putting white people ahead um, and creating some of the systemic injustice that you're, you're alluding to. Um, you know, we, we talk about Martin Luther King Jr. Like, you know, I think I heard someone recently say, you know, he, uh, you know, he gave the I am a dream speech and then he ascended to heaven. Like he didn't actually face any, you know, we celebrate him now. We, we kind of want to gloss over the fact, you know, um, I've even seen a lot of white people saying, well, you need to protest like Martin Luther King Jr. And you're like, do you realize like he was viewed as one of the most dangerous men in America at the time and was assassinated? You know, and so we do need to educate ourselves in those things. Um, even here in Boston, um, you know, we, we like to, to kid ourselves into thinking we're one of the more progressive cities in America. And yet when you really get into the, the hard numbers, um, there is a massive racial disparity and a, mass, uh, a huge class disparity in our country and in, in our city um, that uh, we, we just kind of like to gloss over and we like to act like it's okay. You know, or, and even things like, um, when I moved here, you know, that shocked me um, when I was, uh, went to Concord, you know, the first time I went to Lexington and Concord, the, the birthplace of liberty, you know, this is where we, we, we took it over from the British. You know, if you go in one of the graveyards right there next to downtown Concord, there is on the backside of that a grave to a man named John Jack, who was a slave, bought his freedom, but he was a slave and one of many slaves that the people in Concord who were fighting for freedom and saying that all men were created equal and yet they were simultaneously owning slaves. And so we don't tell that part of the story because that would make us uncomfortable and that would exactly. force us to look into the mirror, but we, we don't. So I appreciate what you're saying um, with all of that, with the education. Well, I, I would love to hear you kind of continue on. We'll get to it here in a second, what you're doing um, in your neighborhood, uh, but maybe one more question. Um, in, in regards to the church, what is, maybe I would just ask this question really quickly. What's your dream for the church? And as someone who does have a degree in theology, um, who I know loves Jesus and has given your life to him, what, do you, what are you hoping more Christians will do, and particularly white Christians, um, in the midst of the wake of everything that's been going on, um, you know, in our country? Um, yeah, it's a nice question. And, um... My observation is that the church has failed in this area because we could have accomplished much more than that. We could have be the 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 the, the leader of this movement for the change. Um, because Jesus came, he said that properly. Uh, I came to 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 rescue the 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 the, the poor or to 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 help the poor. I helped. I came to um, to liberate the the, the 
the uh, those who are being oppressed. So this is the that um, mentality or that I, the idea that the church doesn't really take on. We are focused more on um, on you know the salvation, which is the the biggest part for for us as Christians. But as we live on on the earth, I think it's important to to do both of them. Focus on salvation and and the life we live on earth. So, um, as a church in general, I I imagine if we had worked together to change um, to change the systemic racism, we wouldn't be in the situation we are in today. Um, mostly, we focus okay, as I said, we focus on salvation, and then we we have black people. This is the the biggest thing, um, um, because remember, black people. Um, have been really faithful to God, and they have been, you know, um, fighting so hard. If you uh, remember in America, um, at the beginning, uh, the church, um, black people did not have access to the church sanctuary, and uh, like you will come, um, and then but you have to stay outside of the church. But as black people, as believers, I we we fight so hard to 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 come together in the church. We fight so hard to integrate the church community. And when we fight to do that, we don't try to divide, but we fight for our right to be respected. And um, you see, today we have so many black churches, and they are uh, devoted Christians. And fight to be to be a good citizen, to live together. That's what we are trying. We want the church to represent in this world where we live today. Um, if um, the church, uh, not only wish as a church, we should focus on the on everybody as a group. But how do you feel about the person, the black person who is? in your church and the, 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 uh, maybe you have two three four families in, in in your church how do you feel about them like what they are doing in this uh, how do you, they feel doing this moment as black people so how do you reach out to them to tell to tell them okay i know it's been hard i know i don't i it's hard for me to communicate in this situation I know it's hard. I don't even have enough words to express it, but I just want to reach out to you to tell you that we love you, that we stand with you. And I know some people may have even, um, uh, um, you know, problems saying Black Lives Matter because of the attribution of, um, like, uh, of the name. But it doesn't mean that you cannot use another word for another concept to show your love to the, these people. So it's important as a church to consider not only the, the, the whole body, but the, the individual that we can reach out to. And, and um, you know, I've had many people um, at my church where I go now, uh, uh, I mean, where I attend now. So 
they they tell they tell me directly he loves you because of my faith because of what I believe it's hard for me to express myself saying black lives matter it's not that I don't believe that black lives matter but it's just because of the attribution of the name um yeah so I mean I don't I don't know like let's focus on on the word what what would Jesus, what would the Lord say about that situation? How would he react? And we don't have to go too far. Just go uh, with uh, the Bible, with Luke. I think Luke and, 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 and um, Acts. You will see that. Paul is a good, great example. I think it's in Galatians. Galatians, at the end of Galatians, maybe Galatians chapter 6, or all, all Galatians, let me say that, um, where, you know, they there were a division between those, the, the, the Jews, and the, and those who were, like, were, weren't Jews. They wanted to be a Christian, but the problem was that um, because of, you know, circumcision, and stuff like that, because of the application of the law, it was hard for them to comprehend that, to get into that. So, so you imagine at that time, it's like the same thing as in America, where like a group of people is fighting for their own um, white privilege and keep it the way it is. And then the other group is like, no, no, I have to come in because I'm part of this country. And, and, and this is probably the, like a good example to see that how those two groups are fighting. And then what did Paul do? He just come in the middle. He says, no, that's not how it is. Um, we have to do it the way Jesus would do it. And then, um, you know, it's not like your good work will not save you, but your your belief in the Lord will save you. So it's a good example for us Christians, even though every day we read that, but that's not what we um, we do. So we read something, but we act completely different. Um. Yeah. As a church, my 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 advice is like to come together. I mean, sometimes you don't even have to uh, to talk. You don't have, even have to talk. In this situation, sometimes you have to listen. You have to learn. I, I've seen a good, a lot of people now in the church, like in the white uh, community, uh, and maybe my white, white friends now, they are learning about what's happening now because they did not have the chance to do it. And now they, they are educating themselves about it and how to interact, how to support, how to change the system together. Because the fight, as uh, for me, the fight is not like the, uh, a fight between black and white or uh, white and brown people. It's a fight between us, white, brown, and black against this, uh, um, uh, those who don't want the change, those who want to keep this racism going mm -hmm. on. So if we come together as Christians, I believe we have a lot of church in America and those churches, we have the opportunity to come together um, 
every Sunday and sometime during the week as well. If we want to come together and fight for injustice in this world, in America, yes, we will achieve that. That's I, I really believe it. That's awesome stuff. Yeah. And I love what you're saying about reading Luke and Acts and understanding, um, you know, ethnic, different, ethnic differences was a huge part of the New Testament church. Um, and in fact, our micro church just, uh, just the other night was studying the Good Samaritan and Jesus kind of crushing the, um, some of the stereotypes and some of the ethnic disdain that existed in his day, uh, making the hero of the story someone the Jewish people um, had kind of pushed down. And I do love the comparison. I think in a lot of ways, the New Testament church wanted, um, Jewish people wanted non-Jews to become basically ethnic Jews on their way to finding Christ. And if we're not careful um, in being white and being in our dominant culture, um, I think we can try to force um you know, black, brown, people of color into trying to basically, you know, that's kind of a colonizing mindset, but become white in a nature, worship the way we would worship, think the way we would think on your way to Jesus. And in doing so, yes, we're not making room or celebrating the beauty of, you know, you know, not just saying I'm colorblind, but celebrating the beauty and the differences and uh, this, this master creator we have that has created people, um, with with different skin tones and different cultures and beautiful things that need to be brought into um, brought into the church. Well, hey, let's let's end our conversation here. Um, you're doing some things about this, and I love what you said earlier that the church isn't just about salvation. Uh, we've been trying to hammer that home at Renaissance that God is about the flourishing of, of all things, um, the restoration renewal. So you've been leading the charge in, in some kind some cool ways out in your neighborhood in Acton. So why don't you just kind of tell us how what's what's happening out there and maybe how you see God working? Um, yeah, um, it's uh, after what happened to George Floyd and you know the uh, America stands with us. America stands with the with the black people, and then and then like I was thinking about okay, how do I contribute to that how do i because ev- any one of us can be a victim any one of, of of us as black people we can be a victim because um i was carried to see what happened um, and i've watched so many videos online where a black person is driving and then as soon as the cop oh the black person just run through a red light and the cop run after him as soon as he got out he just pulled his gun why did you pull your gun? What did he do? He didn't do anything. He just, you know, went to a uh, red light. So exactly, you start him. He stopped, and he just waited for him for the cop. And then he start he started talking to the cop. He said, "What did I do? Why do you pull your gun on me?" And I know I, I mean, I've I've gone to the red light. You, you, I saw you behind me, and I stopped. And why am I committed? Um, did I commit a crime? And the cop was standing there and out. He didn't know what to say. Um, I'm I'm so glad he like he probably was uh, one of the bad bad ones. And then, um, so that's how the um the that ended. But like for me, I realized okay, I need to be part of that. But to be part of that, I would have to go to Boston, because like everybody, 
uh, is uh, focusing on Boston or the big cities, uh, uh, while we can do changes to uh, in our communities. We don't have to go to Boston for our voices to be heard. We can do it now here where we live. And um, and I um, I decided. I talked to my wife about it. I said I need to be um, to be out there. I need to do something, and I feel like there's something I should do. And um, you know, one day I decided to take my son, who is five, and I said, "Let me go um, uh, in acting. Um, let me just there's a gas station where you know it's like the the it's it's not what it is, but like it's like." Uh, downtown Athens, and then we stood there after maybe fifteen to twenty minutes. We had people coming, coming, uh, asking us, "Okay, can I join you?" And um, um, we want to be with you. We want to support you. And uh, one um, email I received from a lady, she explained that to me. She said, "Okay, my daughter was passing by." But it was when you first started, maybe, maybe between um, the first 10 to 15 minutes where you didn't have anybody with you. And uh, my daughter came home. She was crying so hard. And she said, well, I saw them like on the street. It was only two people. No one is there to support them. No one is there with them. But you see the little guy with his sign, Black Lives Matter, My Life Matters. And his dad is there with him. And I came with Jeremiah because I believe, um, like, he is, as a, as, as, a, as a child, he represents peace. Anybody can come and join us. And I really thought that I would have people joining me. I would have people joining me, but I did not expect that, that many people to join me. And um, especially because in Afton, you see, it's a, um, uh, predominant white neighbor, um, town. So, and then the next day, before we end, uh, before we end that day, uh, we had about 20 people joining the movement. And uh, they asked me, okay, what are we gonna do? And I said, okay, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna plan it for us. We're not gonna just come like that. We, um, I went home, I created a Facebook uh, group, and then I shared that with them. I asked them to share it. And then the next day, it was unbelievable. On Wednesday, was the first day was Tuesday, and the next day was Wednesday. I had almost 500 people joining. It's amazing. <laughs> 500 people joining the next day. They share it. And, um, um, and then, so I went home again after the, after, the, that protest, and I share more. I share the, the the event with them, and a lot of pictures that I took, and showing them. Okay, here's what's happening in acting right now. If it's happening, and if you want to support black people, if you are against racism, if you are against injustice, you have to join. And then um, the next day, we have almost doubled it, like almost a thousand people in Akron. It's unbelievable. One of the um, organizers in Akron came to ask me, okay, everybody was asking, like, who organized that movement? We don't know where it comes from. We don't know who organized it because we never have 
something like that in acting. Most people we had in something like that, it was 25 person, 25 people, I mean. So 25 people, and then you see in acting, you have almost a thousand people joining that. It was amazing, and we were chanting. Um, everybody was happy. And the most interesting thing for me was that we had so many children with us kids on the five with their parents with their signs mm. with them so it was touching and i went to talk to the parents i said you don't know what it means to me not only to to see you here with me but to see your children with you each of them with a sign and them with, i mean um um you know with them so it was like um unbelievable to me and 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 acting i did not expect that <laughs> i did not uh, trust i mean i didn't believe what i saw so it's like it was a dream to me and the fight did not say that and we continually um, you know moving and i'm like i'm, I'm gonna talk a, a little bit about the what the facebook group i created the first day i created it we, I mean, it was me and my wife, Sophia, on it. And then um, the next day, it was like 500 people joining the next day. And then the on the third day, we had almost 1.2K one, 1. Uh, on that's, the third day. That's insane. Yeah, on the third day. So people were really wanted. This is the same thing that like some people share with me. Like they wanted to do that. They wanted to stand with the black communities or black people in acting community, um, but they did not want to travel to Boston. And, and then to create that or to have that opportunity here for them to do it, they are so happy to do it. So, and, and, and it's not that, that only and then we see the influence of our movement on like let's say westford where i went yesterday to a, to a rally they invited me to come to talk and um there were um uh the the, the congresswoman of the third district was there 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 were another man there so it was the three of us there you know and after that i, I lead i led the chant with uh, for them so it was amazing to see all of those, maybe 0.5% of black people in that. So to see that I have that opportunity, it was almost like maybe a thousand of people there. And to see that I have that opportunity to lead that chant and you know make an impact on the life of those people who want to support us. And we see all the areas that are joining like, um, so organized something like that too and Framingham organized something like that again i'm invited this week to go to Framingham to uh, to support them and speak with them so it's amazing like i mean the thing is i talked to my wife about it it's like you know there are things you see happening in your life it's not because of you but it's the power of god working for you Cause like I did not expect that I would come here and like and act in, so where I did not expect to have too many friends, and then here now I have thousands, a, a, a thousand people 
now every day we are talking on Facebook, they're sending me messages, and then you see other cool areas are um, texting me now. We are so grateful, like, to see things like that happening and how that is working to us to, um, you know, change that community. And, um, and, and you see a lot of them, they express them, themselves, yes, I'm a Christian, and, and now, as I know, and I mean, if you know Haitians, if you know me, everywhere I go, I say, I mean, I want you to know that I'm an ordained minister. Um, so I do what I'm doing because I, uh, because I want to reconcile the world. Mm -hmm. I'm not here to divide anybody, and this is our community. Uh, we should love our community. And this is the most specific, um, 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 peaceful protest we have ever seen. Hmm. And everywhere I go, I set the tone. I said, this is your community. You should love your community. I'm not against cops. I told the, the organizers about that. I'm not against cops. I'm against the bad ones, the bad apples. We need to get rid of the bad apples, but the good ones, we're we here to support them in their work. They, are, they have them such an amazing work or job but like those who are not good let's get rid of them they weren't supposed to be in the, uh, uh, working but yeah so uh, this is what i've been doing here in Aston <laughs> area and i want to see more all the towns get involved in the same thing so that's what i'm saying doing now trying to connect with other leaders who, who would want to do that and see like most towns would stand with the black people and in in their schools and change the 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 the, the schools policies to see more black people in there you know in the staff and to see more black people get not just black people but black and brown people in their staff and to see more black and brown people in the police department so this is what we're working on now i'm putting together for the, the movement in Aten, uh, a steering committee. And the steering committee right now is uh, going, uh, it's so like I'm trying to have a, a diversity group in the community, but like because of Aten, you know, it's mostly white people. It's, it's amazing that it's been like two weeks since I've been waiting to see if we can get more, you know, brown or black people joining us. I could not, unfortunately. Um, yeah, so, but we're doing something. And we're doing something uh, to change the community, to to see um, that God, um, you know, is working to us, is really amazing. And you know, so yeah. Well, man, that well, I mean, it's a perfect example. Again, back to what I said earlier. You know, kudos to you. Get what God wants to do in and through us is greater than what we think often, and we reduce exactly. it just to gospel presentations and to preaching. You mean what you're doing is God's work and, exactly. you know, again, him wanting to reconcile, you've said that several times, wanting to bring renewal and restoration to all things. And man, I was almost over here tearing up thinking about, you know, even in an all, in some of these all white suburban neighborhoods, like where, you know, where you're talking about kids, how formative is this going to be when kids realize I went out and mom and dad had me taking part in this what does that do to begin to shape and change the perception of a culture? And uh, so, man, like I'm so thankful God is using you. And, you know, I know we didn't get into this part of your story, but you know, 
you you have a theology degree and uh, probably haven't applied that necessarily exactly the way you thought you were going to when you were in school. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, God, God has probably been doing an up to something, preparing you for this moment in a way that you could have never, uh, never dreamed. And while we obviously are mourning that we're even having this moment, you know, that it's awful that we are, I'm thankful for people like you that God is bringing something um, hopeful and beautiful, even out of the mess. And, you know, what, what generational change might be, might be happening through that. So kudos to you. I know we need to wrap up this conversation. I wish it could be longer, but Levinsky, man, I love you, brother. And thankful for your heart. uh, Thankful for what you're doing. Uh, would you maybe close us out just by by praying? Would you be praying for, oh, exactly. you know, the greater Boston area to incorporate, you know, where you live and just that, that uh, you know, God really would work through his church and through all of us to end racism um, in some of this injustice, you know, in, in a lot of this injustice so that we can begin to experience um, a taste of heaven here on earth. Would you pray for that for us? Oh, exactly. Thank you. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your, for the way you're working through us. You are amazing. You, you, um, you sent Jesus at a time where we really needed that. Um, we needed the, Jesus to reconcile us. And, and, and the, the, the work is not ending. So we, can, we as Christians, we are here to continue your work. The work that Jesus has um told us to, to, to do and now we are involving in a, in, a, in, a, in a battle in a fight against racism and we are so pleased that God you work into to us and to our friends the, like the black and the, the, the white people who are really um, interested in joining that, that fight and, and you are working powerfully in their heart to, to see the change in America we're thankful for the work you're doing in, in, in Boston and in, in the greater Boston area that, that you are bringing people together. And your, this work is amazing, God, to see the beauty of all people gathering together. It's the same as a nature. You see all beautiful colors. And to see people of different colors, different races, working together during that moment is powerful. And, and they see the, your presence into that and i'm asking you lord to please help us to humble ourselves to do your job to to do your work and um we ask you to empower us to do this amazing work not for our own benefits but for the benefits of your kingdom lord and we we thank you for for all the leaders who step who, who step up to help the change in America. And I believe this is a, a time for, for change. This is a time where we need a new America, an America who really trusts you, an America who really wants to, um, to, to let you take over, Lord. Um, we pray you. We pray that, um, that you can help us continue to do this job. I, I pray especially for uh, for for brother Jew who is here in Boston, and I think he is into something that he did not expect right now. He is into something he did not expect with his family, um, 
But when you send your your your, your uh, someone, you you there are the ways you use to train them for the benefits of your kingdom here on earth. God, I ask you, I ask that you empower him and his team in Boston, that they will bring people to your to you. They will bring people. They have people see the amazing work that uh, you can do and the amazing work that they are doing here in Boston. Um, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.